Welcome to the 14th episode of the High School Business and Personal Finance Teachers Podcast. On today's podcast, we have a special episode. Stay tuned for the audio version of a webinar that was conducted last week by Maureen Ginley, the VP of Operations at Knowledge Matters. Maureen talks to high school business and personal finance teachers about how they can use Knowledge Matters simulations both for remote teaching and for the classroom. Stay tuned for this special episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining today's webinar on virtual business. I'm Maureen Ginley, the VP of Operations here at Knowledge Matters. Today, I'll be discussing different ways you may use virtual business either remotely or in your classroom next school year. I'll also talk about how you can integrate our simulation programs into your curriculum, as well as tips and tricks other instructors who are using our programs have shared with us regarding their use of the programs. The first step in the process is to find the virtual business sim that is best suited uh, for integration into your course or courses, into your curriculum. We offer this curriculum map on our site so you may see which sims we recommend for certain business, marketing, and finance courses. If you don't see your course listed here on this map, please do give us a call or send in a contact request through our website, and we're happy to discuss with you which simulations would best be suited for your needs. We also offer more program specifics for each of the high school virtual business simulations on our site. So if we go ahead and navigate over to knowledgematters.com and you jump to the high school page on our site, you'll see all nine virtual business simulations that we currently offer. So we have entrepreneurship, accounting, retailing, restaurant, fashion, hotel, personal finance, sports and entertainment, and management. If you click on any one of these, uh, product icons, you'll come to a more specific page about the product. You'll even be able to watch a video highlighting what the product um, covers, what you what is involved in the simulation, and the learning the students will encounter, uh, the different topics that are included in the simulation program. You can take a sample lesson uh, and test it on any of your devices to see that it's compatible. You can also request free trials for our programs on this on these product specific pages as well. Okay. And also, before we move on, I'm gonna jump into the Knowledge Matters system right now. So we're in an instructor account for virtual business. And you can see I have a course window right here. So this will probably look familiar to you if you've all logged into your Knowledge Matters accounts. You'll have a list of your courses. Within each course window, you'll see all the lessons that are included. But before we move on to discussing the different ways you may use our simulations, it's important to know that each of our simulation programs consists of a series of lesson assignments that all focus on specific concepts um, having to do with managing the business the student will be managing within the simulation. Students are only able to explore this specific concept with area within the simulation for that particular lesson. This way, they're able to see visually how their decisions pertaining to a certain concept affect their business. So, for example, if we were to take our virtual business retailing simulation, 
and you look at the pricing lesson within that simulation. In the pricing lesson, we're only going to allow students to control the pricing of their goods that they're offering in their stores. This way, they see the direct impact or effect that their pricing decisions have on the store. And they're able to see if you drastically increase the pricing margin in the pricing lesson, you'll see customer traffic decrease as well as revenue and probably profit. So that's how the lesson assignments work. Um, you get a specific topic that's highlighted throughout the lesson. That's all the students are going to control. And, and then they're seeing the direct, direct impact that their decisions are having on that specific business that they're running. The lesson assignments consist of four elements. So we have reading. Um, if we jump into uh, assignment page here, you're going to see you have reading, a reading quiz, a math quiz, and then a sim exercise. So those are the four elements that are included within each of the lesson assignments. And you have the flexibility to determine which elements you will be including or excluding in your course. We also include a project style simulation within the simulation courses. And the projects allow students to control all of the concepts they learned about individually throughout the lesson assignments collectively. So it's cumulative. We're trying to take everything that they learned about you know, one by one individually and then allow them to manage everything within this project. Right now we're looking at a personal finance course. This is virtual business personal finance. And obviously if it was a restaurant course or retailing, it would be a different set of lessons that you see here. And you may find that, or you will find within our other simulations that there are more projects that they're going to have access to. Um, personal finance is one that has um, a significant amount of lessons. There's 18 individual lessons and then the project. Whereas in restaurant, you may find more like 10 lessons and then three different projects. So it varies a little bit as to how many lessons and projects you're looking at within each of these simulations. So I'm going to be discussing five different styles of, or ways that you can be incorporating our simulations into your curriculum. And the first way that I'd like to talk about, the first option, is we'd like to suggest you can use the program as a treat or a reward for your students. Um, maybe once your students have completed other assignments from your course, they get rewarded by working through a virtual business sim. Either um, you can allow the students the ability to work out of order, or you can keep the default order or switch the order around. Um, but I, either way, you have the flexibility to determine how you go about letting students access these, these curriculum topics, whatever sequence you determine. But it is a nice treat for students after they've done the regular coursework. And maybe you've done lecturing, they've done some reading in a textbook, we've, you've had some sort of discussion in the classroom, and you're finished with everything. It's just a nice way for those students who have finished it to go ahead, independently, move on, and do one of the assignments. If you decide that you would like to allow the students to move out of order and not um, do the assignments in the order in which they appear, then you can go ahead into the change course settings area. And you can click on change order of assignments, which is the first option you're going to see there. And then you're going to be able to click on an assignment, highlight it, and either move it up or down. So if you're talking about buying a car, 
and you're talking about interest rates that you can get for loans, buying or leasing, you know, that's what you're covering in your personal finance course at that time, then you can go ahead and, and move that topic uh, up to the top if that's the first one that you want them to access. And you can just move it all around. Always be sure to save the changes, submit the changes that you make to your course after you make any changes on these pages so that they take effect. Okay, so the second style uh, or suggested way of using our program would be for you to use it as a competition. So if we go back to the main page, um, what I suggest is using the new career project um, or as I mentioned before, it could be one of the mogul projects and the other simulations, just one of the project style simulations. You can turn that uh, scoreboard feature on for that simulation. Do that, you're going to go ahead and go into change course settings. And then you're going to go to the first topic again, change order of assignments and enable competition scoreboard. And then um, you're going to want to put a check marks in the box next to this icon within the project uh, row uh, to turn it on. It already is turned on right now for this course. So that's turned on and we'll go back over the way you're going to access it as the instructor is to go into the view student progress area for the course. So this is your grade page. You're going to see all the students who are enrolled in your course on this page all the progress they're making on the assignments, what grades they've received. You can even highlight, mouse over these grades to highlight uh, information about details about their grades. So what you wanna do is we're gonna scroll all the way over because right now we have the new career project as the last one in our course. And so once we see it, we're gonna see that icon again, looks like a chart. You click on it, you see the scoreboard. And you can see any student who started to work on the project and what their current net worth is within their project file. So you can see we have some students in here now, Josh and Maureen. Josh is beating Maureen by a few thousand dollars net worth. So this is really, you know, it's fun to do in your classroom when you're together, but it's also a great way to keep students in touch while you're using, uh, while you're participating in distance learning. Um, great way for students to still um, see what each other's doing, see how they're they're progressing along in the project and just give them a sense of, you know, we're still here together and we're working on this together and, and um, just keeping uh, tabs on what each other's doing. So that's a fun way for them to participate, um, you know, especially with the distance learning. So now we're going to go to the third option for using the program. And we call, we'll call this using it as a full curriculum. So if we go back over to the main page here, your main homepage, you can see we have all 18 assignments in one project. And as we discussed, we have four elements for each of the lesson assignments, the reading, the two quizzes, and the sim exercises. So what we're recommending here is to just use it just, just as it comes, all default settings and you know, you're going to use everything. Um, I mean, you could configure your course a little differently if you want, if you want to change the order um, to make it follow along with the topics you're covering at the time you cover them. So we already went over how you can switch that around. You can also um, take out modules if you're not using those. So you can do different things to customize it. But basically, you know, the course is all there for you. You you could use it as a full full curriculum and not have to do anything else. Um, you can, this is the way the students would go through it. You can go to your go-to assignments area 
we were, we were here before looking at the different elements in the assignments. But what happens is the student would first come in, they'd have a tutorial to do that usually takes about a half hour and it is a great way for them to see where to, how to navigate the program, how you start time, how the simulated date will move, how um, there's instructions within each of the simulations and how to follow that information and move along in the simulation. We also have a great math concepts reference for them to review, and that's very helpful with the math quizzes. You can see in this uh, teacher account right here, this teacher already went through the reading, the reading quiz, math quiz, sim exercise. So why don't we go through a fresh lesson here, finding a job. The students will go ahead and click on reading. They'll have a few pages of uh, material to read through, have some key terms to learn about, some math examples. And you may want to just have the students do the reading and have some sort of discussion. You know, you can do that remotely by having some sort of discussion forum and, um, you know, take different ideas from the reading and, and discuss those topics together. And then after students do the reading, they can go ahead and move on and do a reading quiz. They'll go through its multiple choice or true and false. So they'll go through answer questions. And you can make changes, as I said, to configure your course. So if you don't want them to see feedback on their answers, like whether it's right or wrong, then you can limit that and they won't see that information. You could even, if you want them to see if they got it wrong, have it marked wrong, but then not tell them what the right answer is. So there's different options there. Again, once they go through that quiz, they have to finish it and then they'll be able to go through the math quiz. Again, it's multiple choice. We'll go through the math quiz, and then once they do that, then the sim exercise will become available to them. And these sim exercises are all across all our products. They work the same way. There are steps that we ask the students to work through within the simulation. So on the left-hand side, we have text stating what they should be doing, and, and they navigate through the steps, make the changes that they're being asked to, to make, and then they get results. So they're seeing results in the simulation. They'll have us, you have your simulated character sleeping right now, but if we were to click go, um, eventually the person would get up from sleeping and start moving around and you know going into the kitchen and just looking for something to eat, um, doing some exercise right now. So once that happens and they run it to the date that they need to, or they see the outcome that they're intended to see, then they answer a question. And so then they keep navigating through. And at the end of the simulation, there will be a goal step that where they need to um, use what they learned throughout working on the lesson and apply it and say, okay, you're on your own now. Usually it's trying to meet a net worth of a certain level, trying to stay within a certain budget, um, you know, trying to do all the things that you need to do in life for your schedule and make sure you can get it all done without being fired or losing, uh, getting kicked out of a course that you're taking. So that's for the, the, the personal finance. Obviously, that's specific to this sim, but the restaurant sim, the retailing sim, sports and entertainment, they'll all work the same way, whether we walk them through steps, do things, see outcomes, like we talked about in the retailing before, if they do something, you know, with pricing, the intended outcome is to see less customer traffic in their store. That's what they would see, and they'd answer questions based on it. And these sims all have specific reports, like this one has our net worth report. And we have a health report to keep tabs on how the person is doing um, the resumes. They get to build resumes in this simulation and bank statements. They get to look at uh, investment statements, retirement statements, 
So, and then if we were looking at retailing, then we'd be looking at sales, profit and loss, balance sheets. If we were in accounting, more specific accounting documents are available, like worksheets, general journal entries, P accounts. So all of these um, tools in the simulation the students will utilize in order to answer questions and move through. Okay, so that's that's the the gist of using it as a full curriculum. And, you know, we do all the grading for you. So if we bounce back over into the progress area, you'll see you can even go into a student's quiz to see what they got wrong. So we can scroll through. So that's a great tool to see how what questions they may have gotten wrong. You can go into their simulation file. So this is all through the teacher account. I'm going through the student's simulation file. I can look at the actions journal to see what the student's done. Go ahead and jump out of there. Okay. I know I'm not spending a very long time on all of these topics. So, you know, I will provide at the end, I'll go over our support email address and our toll-free number so that if you have questions about topics that were covered in this in this session, we're more than happy to answer questions that you have and go more in depth into those areas. We really want you to be successful using this tool with your students. It's um, you know a lot of fun for them, and they're just learning so much simultaneously, and they're very engaged in it. And it's just a, a great resource for you to have, especially with the distance learning. It's it's wonderful, um, very self-explanatory being able to go through those lessons. Okay, so the fourth option to go through to as a use for the simulation would be to use it as homework assignments that complement your existing business or marketing curriculum. You can assign elements from each assignment module separately if you like. For example, you could have a reading day and a reading quiz day and then maybe a different point during the week do math quiz day and then a, another point do the simulation exercise day break it up that way so you know and this can be used even though we're calling it homework as distance learning as well because maybe you it's you're using it as a supplement to what you're already using for your topics right now like students are doing um, maybe you've posted a video lecture um, for students to see at home or the students are reading a chapter from their textbook but you can follow that up with a the corresponding simulation assignment from our curriculum to, uh, as I said, supplement what you're doing. And again, it's very handy to use our configuration settings where you can go in and change the order of assignments or eliminate some. Um, and then I don't think I mentioned before, you could choose to uh, let students work at their own pace. Or if you do that, you're going to want to activate everything all at once. Or you could allow them to um, only access certain assignments at a time. So you could just activate assignment number one. So by deactivating assignment number two, I've uh, taken the ability for students to get to any of the other assignments away from them. Again, if we want to just activate the whole course at once, just go ahead and click the project. And there you go. You have all your check marks. Everything is activated and students can move ahead at their own pace. So it's very flexible in how you determine uh, what the best way is for you to use it in your in your course. So the last recommendation is to use the program for a capstone project. So I have heard from a lot of teachers through the years that have used it in this way where they may save 
two to three weeks at the end of a term for students to just go through this, this course, the virtual business course, whether it's restaurant that they're using or um, accounting or fashion, um, whatever course they're using it in, they might save this for a capstone project. And you can go ahead and use the automatic grading that's already in place, or you can add additional criteria for your scoring. Often our scoring has to do with a profit or net worth the students are able to achieve within the simulation, but you may want to require them to do additional things like increase their credit score to a certain level or have a maximum percentage of waste as a percentage of revenue, et cetera, um, as part of other goals already outlined in the sim. And uh, you may want to have them do the full set of assignments as a capstone project, or you might want to take some of them out and do a selected uh, select group of them uh, that would count as a final grade for them. And it's really great for, um, you know, some teachers even, they may, uh, they may use multiple uh, ways that I've described so far in this uh, presentation where they've had students go through these assignments throughout the semester and they've fit them in where they're touching upon topics being covered in the course. And then they might just save the project as the, the project simulation as the capstone or, you know, for a final exam for them. Uh, either way, you know, using everything for the capstone or just the project, that, that works well, too. Um, it's just a, a great way to assess what the students have learned throughout your course. And the, what's really nice about actually any of these assignments, but, you know, mainly the project you could have them create a presentation. You could have them utilize whatever um, tools you want, whether it's making a video or making a PowerPoint. You know, you can go into these simulations and we go in here and look at this project, look at the great stuff that they would be able to do in here. So we're going in and this is in the project I had mentioned, they get control over everything. So first we're going to pick a place for our person to live and we'll go ahead and rent an apartment we're going to choose a person we're going to name our person say okay oh well, we can even put a birth date and then they have a house or they have an apartment they're living in so this is their apartment they're starting off with five thousand dollars so here's different views that they could take screenshots of the, the apartment view. They get to furnish it. So if we were to go ahead and, you know, what did they decide to do with their money? Well, they bought this pretty pricey, you know, bedroom set and they bought uh, this nice living room set with their money. How did they pay? We don't have a credit card yet, but they will learn about getting credit cards in here. Actually don't have a debit card yet. So we're going to pay cash. Um, then we're going to go back into our apartment view. So they can take screenshots along the way to show what they were doing with their money. They can show you screenshots of how they organize their schedule because they do have to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to eat from um, schedule time to eat at six o'clock in the morning till 630 in the morning. So that's, um, that's my meal time. And then they're going to decide, okay, I'm going to exercise from this time. So there's different, they can take screenshots of their schedules, they can take screenshots of their wealth statement, their health resume, credit score. You know, if you were telling them, if you added, if you enhanced the project in a way where you said, okay, there's additional goal criteria, I want you to get a credit score of 700, I want you, your health factors to be all in the green, 
What I mean by that is let's look at the health factors. Sometimes they turn yellow or red if they're not doing everything they need to to stay healthy. So you can utilize so much the students can within the simulation to create a, a presentation. They may do a live video of the their simulated character moving around and doing things in the city and showing you what where they opted to have their person work or the career path they chose for their person. Or if you're in the restaurant simulation, it's, I know um, I'm only kind of showing you uh, things from the personal finance, but if we were in restaurant, they could show you how they organize their floor layout in their dining area or in their kitchen area, how they organize the equipment, what they did for their staff schedules. So much information that they could share and present to you. And given the fact that we are um, working remotely and students are learning remotely, they this is a great way for them to do a project for you and to show a video or a PowerPoint and present the PowerPoint through a Google Classroom or you know Google Chat or Zoom Zoom meeting. However, you've been communicating with your students. And another great thing. Um, so that kind of covers the five areas that I wanted to talk about today, five different ways that you can incorporate this into your, your curriculum. But I also want to point out that we have the ability to integrate our courses with Canvas and Moodle and Blackboard. And if anybody is interested in doing that, what you want to do is come over to your main course, your homepage, and then you want to click on the change course settings area. And you want to go ahead and click on the sentence at the bottom of the screen. And then you come to the integration page. And there's instructions to integrate with Canvas, Blackboard, as I said, Moodle, Schoology. So that's all in here. And this is a great way. A lot of teachers are trying to limit what students have to log into while they're doing uh, distance learning. So you could have this integrated into your Canvas course and just have students access the assignments through there and then your grades automatically get pushed over into whatever learning management system you're using. This is another great tool and obviously this can be done during the school year as well when you're um, back in the school building and not learning remotely. So that's just a, a great tool to have and to be able to utilize. I also had mentioned that I do want to point out to you that there are Several tips and tricks that our teachers who are using our programs have shared with us. Um, so we talked about doing things at different paces or reorganizing the lessons and, and activating and deactivating. So teachers have pointed out, you know, use it as self-paced. So let the students move at their own pace. And um, that way, students are, some aren't holding others up and they can move on and and maybe get to other tasks that they have waiting or, or do some extra credit. Um, they could, you could keep students at the same pace. And that's also great too, to have everybody learning the same topics at the same time and be able to have class discussions about what they're learning about, what they're doing in the simulation. Simulation, the reading material, those are great ways to launch classroom discussions, which can happen remotely too, as we talked about just using a, a Google chat or Zoom meeting. Spark. Uh, conversations that way with that information. And then we've had teachers that told us that they group students who finish early and run in-class competitions for extra credit. That's a, a great idea. The projects could be used for that. Logical inclusion for days when you won't be at school. So because this is just self-explanatory, self-guided, 
the students, it's a great way for when you know you're going to be on a field trip, you're going to be absent from school, whatever it is, you won't be in the school building. Great way to give assignments, a, a, a nice tool to use uh, for when you won't be there. We do another recommendation we have is get local media involved, help increase your enrollment. So we have teachers that use this to boost interest in their program at school and their business marketing finance program. So it is a great way to let your local news uh, outlets, you know, whether it's a radio station, a TV station, paper, newspaper, let them know what you're doing in your classroom. These competitions can, you know, be really fun. You can highlight uh, the competition portion of it maybe and how students are doing that. So that might just be a great way to make more students aware of what you're doing. Um, publicly recognize students who do well. So you could do that with the media coverage, but you could also do that within your district. So if you have students that are, um, you know, scoring really highly on the simulations or doing really well in the competitions if you're running them. It's just a nice piece of happy, um, uplifting information that you can share uh, with other others in your district, whether it's through an online newsletter or something like that, some announcements that go out to students and parents. Just a great way to, to keep the community informed about what you're doing in your program. Utilize the ability to shuffle the lessons. Okay, so we did discuss that in the five ways that we uh, talked about incorporating the programs, but that is definitely helpful to be able to modify what topics you're doing in the simulation to correspond to what is being covered in your curriculum. Let students experiment. So this is an awesome way to learn and experiment in a safe environment. That's what the simulations are for. It's allowing students to come up with different strategies and implement them into the simulation and see how those strategies play out. See, uh, you know, how it's acted out in the simulation by watching the characters, by reading the reports and analyzing them, using critical thinking and decision-making skills, and, you know, working hard to just figure out, okay, I made this much money this time by doing it, using this strategy. Now let's try to change this a little bit and change my marketing change my staffing levels, let's change the purchasing level, you know, just different different concepts that they're learning about and different changes they can make in the simulation. And the reason I talk about the option to restart here is because sometimes teachers may want to limit the option to restart and not let students do that. But, you know, a lot of teachers express the um, enjoyment that students get from being able to do the sims over and over again and try different ways of doing it. And so um, not saying don't don't utilize the um, option to not let your students restart, but it's a great way to let them really explore the simulations if you don't and try to, you know, try different strategies. And I also just want to point out the, our blog here, which is on our website. This is full of a bunch of information, helpful information for teachers. So if we come over to knowledgematters.com and you click on about and then click on blog, We've got lots of uh, podcast episodes and articles about not only about teachers using virtual business in their classrooms, but also just in general, what business marketing and finance teachers are doing around the country, different tools that they're using, different techniques. So we, we try to supply you with a bunch of different resources that can give you ideas to bring into your curriculum. Again, it's not just about virtual business. It's about using a lot of different resources that are out there. 
And I do want to point out this 13th podcast episode that we posted recently. This is from a teacher, Tasha Allred, who used to teach, when she began began her career, she taught solely online courses. And about six years after she started doing that, she then did move back into teaching in the uh, school building in the traditional way. But now we find ourselves in these circumstances of uh, current events and everybody's doing distance learning. So she gives a lot of great ideas about how to um, set up your your online classroom for remote learning. You know, she talks about Canvas in there and YouTube channels and Google Drives and screenshots that you can incorporate and just getting students on task and keeping them on task and helping them focus. Uh, I really recommend taking a listen to that podcast episode at your convenience and hopefully utilizing some of the information in there. So uh, hopefully you found this session helpful. And, you know, any if you have any questions about things that we discussed today or anything that wasn't covered, please do feel free to give me a call or give our um, my team a call in the office. Uh, the toll-free number is 877-965-3276. I'll actually bring that up for you on our support page. So it's 877-965-3276, or you can email us at support at knowledgematters.com and just reach out to us. Let us know if you have questions. We're always happy to help, help guide you. And no question is silly. We uh, appreciate you asking whatever's on your mind and whatever we, whatever was going to help you uh, use utilize our program in the best way possible. So thank you so much for listening today and your participation. And hopefully we'll be together again, maybe on a future web session. Take care, be safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye.